So a couple of adjustments, as you know, has been made last night. Uh, the curfew now will start at 11 p.m. <clears throat> and end at 4 a.m. All gatherings will be limited to a maximum of 250 people indoors and 500 people outdoors. Let's now join uh, Israel Mkize, who's back on the line. A very good morning to you, sir, and welcome. Morning, morning, everyone. Very well, thank you. And was, what about the president? Was he perhaps late on easing the lockdown regulations in order to get the economy functioning to its full capacity again? I'm listening, Elvin, to some stuff you read from the Facebook people who relate his timing with the elections. Quite interesting, I must say. Um, when the president was speaking and then in the middle of his speech, he chipped in the whole election thing. I was like, oh, okay, there we are. But the truth of the matter is um, President Maposa has to balance a, a, a three-legged port, very delicate. Uh, the whole question of uh, doing what the rest of the world is doing, uh, the rest of the world has turned their countries into vaccination sites. And that's where he is. And uh, obviously there is a complicated Global geopolitics of supply and demand of vaccines. You saw that in South Africa. First came uh, the Indian uh, vaccine, and they were quarantined, kicked out. Then ones from the West, uh, JJ and Pfizer, etc. So he has to play very carefully in that space. It's domestic and international. And then secondly, you must remember that President Ramaphosa only had two years to, or 18 months to be a president on his own manifesto. After that, he has been on a crisis management mode. Since the outbreak in Wuhan uh, in November, then transportation of the disease down to the south around uh, January, February in 2019. Mm. He has been on a defensive mode, on the crisis mode, on a damage control mode with his cabinet. Where do you see that? The first indicator is that the entire budget reprioritization shows you that they are, the, 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 the cut is running ahead of the horse because now it's time to find a way to say let's get as much economic activity as possible, even beyond the election, mm. so that he can have a few things that he can point to on his speech next year when he took into the nation at the State of the Nation address. Now, without having too much... Um, movement and a depressed or suppressed rather economic activity, he cannot report on significant or, or even mild uh, recoveries in different sectors, mining, uh, manufacturing and what have you, tourism, hospitality. So the try is now trying to um, get everybody as vaccinated as possible so that once you have those headcount numbers up you get some level of economic activity going, then you re-stimulate the economy. Because, mm-hmm. you know, spending everything on the savings and the, of the economy, even from the loans and stuff, mainly to, to sustain the social yes. net, it, it, it's really, really fighting against this would-be uh, plan to, to govern the, the, the economy. Uh, let's stick to the theme of recovery of the economy. So how can the vaccine drive, as well as the relaxation of the lockdown regulations, be both part of the strategy to assist? Well, once you uh, vaccinate to a certain percentage of a headcount that they're targeting, you then have a little bit of movement. The economy is driven by the movement of goods and services. Now, once you've got a bigger chunk of population being active in terms of 
Uh, you've got the hotels operating fully, you've got the restaurants, you've got uh, industries. What you then have as a state support to business, which is, uh, number one, that the state will collect a little bit more revenue from the economic activity. Once the revenue is, is, is collected, the prioritization of the budget can now go to job-stimulating um, activities such as, as we had said before, uh, last year in June, that they're going to push the infrastructure to be the driver of the economic recovery. And then they even opened their office in the residence where Dr. Koshi uh, is running the, the program. You have those uh, uh, bridges and those big monies which were committed by the private sector. And then you've got government with its fiscal, which as it is because of debt, yes, everything a huge debt, but if they got the higher revenue because the, the economy is a bit active, then they can implement straight away their program of infrastructure. Once they get that program underway, then they are starting to, because we know that infrastructure is a, is a very job, is a very uh, um, labor-intensive economic activity. So you then get a lot of people employed and, 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 and back on the rail of, of employment. Now, those are the, 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 those are the self-feeding positives. You've got a, a high movement of people, high economic activity, which leads to higher revenue. Then the higher revenue can be channeled to what, whatever is identified, whether it's cross-industry um, um, trade or whether uh-huh. it's, uh, it's, it's cross-inter- a connectivity they saying we want yes. to drive the economic growth through through the fiber installation in the country you mm-hmm. need activity and you need movement for that to happen wonderful that is uh, israel mkize the political economist from bikin group